0: He'll
1: see see
0: One, two, three, Harold and Brad, Windy City filmmakers, Harold and Brad, Windy City filmmakers, Harold and Brad, da, 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 da. that's a good question, you know, because, uh, you brought up a backstory, so do you write a backstory for all, all your characters? And how much do you uh, fill in, like things that may not be stated by the by the author that you may add in to kind of give yeah. more fullness to the character?
2: Okay, so I can't stand writing backstories. I can't. <laughs> I hate it, but I lo- but I love the results. Right. I'm, I'm what you. I'm like a lazy artist. I'm very lazy. Like- <laughs> I don't want to do all that, that stuff that's not the acting and the, and the filmmaking, but I, I do it because I know it's going to be beneficial to my overall process, but I, don't, but I do do it, but I don't like doing it. And once I get into it, I'm like, okay, cool. But it's like, it's kind of like doing laundry. Like, I don't feel like doing laundry, but I know I have to do it. And once I'm at the laundromat, I'm cool. Right. But it's just getting to the laundromat is like, whoa. So yeah, I do. I'm not, and it's Matt hopeful too.
0: No doubt. No doubt.
1: Yeah. I was going to say backstories would help you fill in the blanks on why this, so this <laughs> right. character is bad. Right,
0: right, right, right. Exactly. Yep. So you have, a, you have a, another film out called uh, Big Chops, right? So tell, tell us a little bit
2: about that. Big Chops is about um, an egotistical um, actor trying, um, and his um, talent manager, She's there. they're at odds over a uh, the details of a major contract. Right. <laughs> and it has to do with Frederick Douglass. <laughs> it's, a- <laughs> it's a short film. It's a concept I came up with in, honestly, um, I- I in October of 2018 in, um, as I was in Marshalls in-, in Harlem, which is crazy. Right. But I came up with the concept because it's about um, being displaced as an actor. Right, 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 right.
0: Now, now I don't want to give away away too much of the film, but uh, we kind of talked about this. How do you feel about that subject of um, our brothers and sisters from other places like England and other places uh, playing American, especially well-known American uh, characters? Well, even real-life people like Malcolm X or Frederick Douglass or whoever. How do you feel about that?
2: Um... That's that's tricky, Brad. Um, (laughs) No, no, no. I can answer. It's tricky. It's tricky, though. I'm I'm just being 100. Right. It's tricky because it's like I think if we had, if we didn't have, like if 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 the United States was not a a booming film market, if African, if American blacks were not in the film industry as of since the beginning of it, and we've been in film in the film industry in the beginning of it, like early as 1910, 1916. Right. Um, and just FYI, like just to drop some history, the first um, black short film ever produced was out of Chicago. I'm just saying. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah. 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 So we've been, we've been in the film game for a second. And so the idea is almost like you would think there were no American black actors in the United States to inhabit these uh, well-known figures. But we, we're here. We're here strong. But they keep casting you know, black Brits in these roles as if we don't exist, as if we don't have our undergrads and masters in theater and, and we're not trained, even in those who, because oh, I don't have my undergrad and masters in theater, but I was well trained by Cloro Johnson. So it's, it's like, yo, we, we have skills here, over here in the United States, like, we, we, we can do this too. But I, I, I know too, sometimes it fall back to if they are prominent actors, if they're prominent actors and they already have a following, then, you know, sometimes they'll, they'll lean in that direction because they, they know that the, the seats will be filled in the cinema. But I think it's kind of, it feels like it's, it feels like an imbalance. Right. It feels like an imbalance. So Thank God. But shout out to, Idris Elba is a fine, he, I have to say Idris Elba, out of all the Black Brit actors, out of all the imports, basically, he, he does a really good job of inhabiting the complexity of, of American black men. He doesn't like, he doesn't like minimize their humanity. You know, he doesn't simplify them. So I do respect his interpretation of playing. No, no. What do you guys think? What do you guys think about Idris Elbert? Or any other black critics?
1: Yeah, the, the young guy from Snowfall too. He pretty much, oh yeah, he's dope. Life in Snowfall, yeah.
2: Oh, okay. I've never seen that. Shout out to, rest in peace to John Singleton, but I've never seen that.
1: Uh, let me say the first, they came to Chicago to promote it, you know, first season and the second season. And I was there. And so uh, after they screened the episode, then he opened it up. I was like, oh, wow. he's from overseas. Right. But he, you know, they supposed to be in LA and he had a New York accent the first season. And then the second season, he switched it over to the LA. So he inhabited his character even more after that first season. And in my opinion, in my ear, he went from New York to. The L.A. accent.
2: Yeah. Right. Uh, so just, I want to know, ask you all, so what do you all think about Black Brits, you know, taking on mm. prominent Black figures, historical figures? Well, you know, I kind of feel, you know, I look at it from the
0: standpoint that acting is competition. So for me, it's kind of like, well, whatever the competition is, I don't care. We're going out this strong. We're going to knock it out the box. I can only control what I control, which is being the best I possibly can become. So it doesn't matter who's coming from where on one end. Yeah. But to your point, I kind of feel that, well, there they are talented people. It's not like as if, okay, because sometimes I kind of hear that. I was like, well, no, there's many talented people
1: yeah. in America,
0: right? And, and It's like one thing's kind of tricked yeah. out I was looking at right. uh, this interview, and they were saying how, uh, they were talking about Endless Albert. I think he's an amazing actor, he is. And saying, well, he, ta- he does a very he good did. American dialect. And no doubt he does. But by the same token, it's kind of like, well, as an actor, that's what you do. You, you know what I'm saying? Cause he was saying, like, oh my goodness I can't believe. You know, you know, the point being as an actor, you should be able to take on a good dialect different than your own. And even even if you don't have it naturally mm-hmm. with training, that's what you do. So it's kind of like it was kind of like saying, Well, this basketball player can hit a layup. Yeah, you know, everybody can do it perfectly. But as a basketball player, you should be able to do, hit a layup as an actor training be- and you're serious yeah. about it. You should be able to take on different dialect with training with the work ethic, that's what you do. You know? So, so I've grown into it.
2: Yeah.
0: I, I've grown into uh, oh.
2: the way that I'm thinking. And I'm thinking that the
1: uh, best uh, um, uh, African diaspora actor should get the role. I mean, you know, Brits, uh, okay. uh, wherever they're from, right? I think they're eligible for the role, too, because I'm sure they've put their 20 years in, their time to get here, to be able to uh, mm-hmm able to do the role. So, you know, I I I, I won't complain because now we have the uh, and technology and connections to do our own films and then to eventually, you know, make our way and get our films seen. And so, you know, Hollywood is always going to be Hollywood. They're right. keep who they're connected to and who they know. It's all a relationships thing. So um, I, all this time, yes. I it's, it's all about uh, getting the skills, uh, being able to produce mm-hmm. and... Uh, Knows you and who you know, who you're connected with, because it's a it's a friendship relationship. I mean, it's a friendship business. I, I, I trust you. I'm yeah, you in this role. I think auditions are just formality. It's a relationship thing.
2: I. That's a, such a good point here. This, you know, what I'm glad you stress it because it really is about professional relationships. But I'm curious too. You know how many American blacks are being offered roles to play black Brits? <laughs> Right, 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 right. <laughs> yeah. I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just asking a question. Right.
0: And, yep. and that's why I think it's important, you know, because I got mad props for anybody who's a beast. Like, um, I think Andrews Albert's is a beast really? of an actor. What's my man's name? I'm playing on of his name. He was in a number of things. He was in Inside Man with Denzel Washington. Oh, uh, oh, um,
2: and... Chewie Atel.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. And Chewy then the young step. lady who would just play Harriet, I think Harriet Tubman. And I just saw her in uh, a series on HBO. I'm blanking that the Outsiders, a Stephen King piece. She's a beast, man. You know, she's like super mad-talented, you know? She's almost an egod. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, right, right. But, but to your point, I think it also crystallizes the idea that it is about relationships, and also crystallizes the idea, like what you're doing of creating your own shit. Like you're like, you're not waiting for anybody to put you on. I just believe when you're doing your own stuff, you just have so much control of your career. And you can um, um display yourself in ways that maybe other people don't see you in terms of showing all your chops as an actor, as a writer, director, and, and that's what it's all about.
2: Oh, I was gonna say to the point you just made about you know creating roles for for free stuff that people otherwise may not see you, that's my real sweet thing, um, uh, which is my uh, a short film I wrote about a, a drug dealer, a female drug dealer right. in New York. And most people are not going to look at me and think, oh, yeah, I can see her playing a drug dealer, but trust me, I can play a drug dealer. Um, <laughs> but she was a drug dealer with a twist, because I don't believe, I know nothing is new under the sun, folks, I'm clear about that. However, my, my shade of green is different from your shade of green. And that's how, that's what would distinguish my, my particular story from somebody else's drug dealing story is my own shade of green. And I made sure I put my own shade of green on it, which I, and I make sure that, um, when I create, when I write films, I write films, I write stories that I have not seen and I watch a lot of films. Right. And I'm not saying that my story has not existed somewhere and maybe in London, right? But it, it, but me watching films on um, Netflix and YouTube and just over my, over my lifetime, I just try to make sure that, you know, I put a twist on what I have not seen on a particular subject matter. So, it was a lot of fun playing the drug dealer because um, she was very guarded.
1: Right.
2: Referencing the backstory. I had to write a backstory. And sometimes my backstory finds its way into the film and I create characters as a result of the backstory. So, playing her was really a she was a complicated character, and I love playing somebody who, who don't give a care about the community, because I'm so opposite of that. So that was fun for me to play somebody who was very uh, prickly and guarded and acted as if she didn't care about anybody. Right. So You know, and
0: we can, we, we were talking about this yesterday, uh, uh, Sugar, right? Just the film Sugar?
2: Um, sweet Thing.
0: Sweet, sweet, I'm sorry. Sweet Thing. My bad. Sweet Thing.
2: <laughs> and...
0: My bad, no, but no, because and not to give it away, but she was a drug dealer, but the drug she was dealing was processed processed sugar, right? And so I know we were talking yeah. about yesterday about was- talk about the film. I got it right off the bat about what you would, what about the message the drug dealing, and then how sugar and diabetes affects the community. And some people you said didn't get it, and that's one thing I like is that uh, the ability. Um, especially as an African-American filmmaker, to create something offbeat Mm -hmm. or something a little bit that's slightly different. Because sometimes like the idea that the film has to be like uh, the same thing, shooting, gunning, this, that, whatever the case may be, where filmmakers have all type of ideas about things that may be a little bit different, a little bit offbeat, a little bit whatever, and it's still great stories to tell.
1: And and so what I'm hearing is it sounds like you have uh, specific messaging in your stories Dealing with the African American diaspora situation.
2: I do. Um, you know what? I realize I had uh, thank you. That's a great question, Carol, um, or a statement. I feel like I have a through line. All my films at the core is about redemption. Right. They're all about second chances and love from either your your love interest or love from the community. All of them. They will I will never stray from redemption. I just cause that's that's in my heart. Right, no doubt. (laughs) So, so, what are some
0: challenges you face being an artist, filmmaker, actor, writer, director? And you think, do you think they may be intensified uh, being black and being a woman? You think they're even more intensified or not?
2: Well, for for me, um, being black has never—it's honestly such an honor. It's a privilege to be black, quite frankly, (laughs) to have all this. Mm. They have all this melody popping in this, in this kinky hair It's a privilege, honey. Are you serious? Right, right, right. Um, but I know what you mean, societally, right? So, as um, being an fel- independent filmmaker, no, it has not been a challenge for me because no again, I don't have to rely on the dominant society to fund my films. I should rely on Black people to fund, to donate to my films. You know what I'm saying? So, right. but, be- but being a woman... I feel like sometimes when uh, I hire men um, as crew, and even sometimes as a fellow uh, as, as actors, sometimes not all the times they don't. Not that they don't respect my my word, but if, if I don't have a particular like tone to, in my voice when I'm serious, right. then they won't. They won't really like you know take it real seriously. Yeah. So sometimes I have to tap, I have to tap into like I don't play China, and then cats will be like, "Oh, okay, uh, let's let's buck up and I, I don't wanna say buck up, because that's that's negative." But they'll just do they'll kind of execute how I need them to execute. Sometimes with I like laughing and you know, you just if you sometimes when when you're soft and gentle and asking a man as far as crew, or whatever, or even actors, they it kind of like lay back, lean back. But when I'm just like listen, I need you to do this. This is what I need. Let's go. Right, right, right. Then they do it. You know, they execute it as, as I requested. So sometimes I have to change my tone with certain men and the crew and, and castmates sometimes.
0: No doubt, no doubt. And, and do, you know, do you notice it even more, like, if it's um, somebody who you worked with before, like, somebody has, has worked with you as an uh, actor, fellow actor,
2: that yes. maybe they might take it as serious yes. and you're
0: wearing, wearing the director hat?
2: Yes, Brad, thank you for that, because I won't name any names, and I, I'm, I'm just saying that um, I've had moments where I had to really put my foot down, right? because, like you said, we've done theater together, we've been peers, but when I hire you, okay, there's a hierarchy, let's just be clear, no there's doubt. a hierarchy, if, I, yes. if I'm hiring, I'm kind a producer and director, I need you to execute something in a particular way. And I hired you because of your skill set, right? But let's be funky. There's a lot of people who are skilled, but if that attitude is funky, you will be replaced.
1: No doubt. (laughs) No doubt. And that's the scary part of being on the creative end of filmmaking, because like I said, it's a relationship thing. And I know people, and sometimes as an actor, I'm asked to find somebody else, another actor. And I always have to be meticulous with that because I'd hate for them to, to blow this opportunity for themselves right. and make me look bad and yes. they fall out of the film or disappear. Just do something to discredit uh, me. You know? And so it's, it's, it's a scary thing sometimes. So I, I like to be the actor or go to the go-to person that I know that fits this particular role and uh, pick them over this other person I don't quite know and can't quite, can't quite <laughs> try. and and so even when I I'm teaching doing the acting monologues working with working with actors acting mm-hmm. uh, classes and things yeah. looking to see uh, if they can produce you know if they can come through with the role and are can I trust them to to show up and so it's
2: yeah
1: it's a diff- that can be a difficult thing bringing the right people to the role
2: it's you know what Harold that's so funny said because this is something I learned too as a director and a producer. Because I'm surrounded by, I've acted with so many talented actors like Harold. and I've never acted with Brad yet, not yet Brad. But I've acted with a lot of great, I've acted on stage and in an independent film just as an actor with other actors. And sometimes what I've done, I've dropped the ball in the past, maybe 100. So what I had to learn was just because you are connected with a lot of talented actors this does not mean that particular actor can have this particular role optimally. Y'all dig what I'm saying? Right. So, for example, I realized that yes, the, the actor has to be talented, but there has to be an essence about them that really matches the character I wrote. Right. So, for example, if, if I wrote a, an alpha male character, I'm not gonna cast an actor who's overly sensitive. Even though he's skilled, but his essence is not alphaism, so right. I can't. If I cast him, it's not gonna. It's not gonna read. You dig? So I had to learn that lesson. And I won't tell you which film, but I'm just saying. <laughs> so it's, it's funny you said... because it. I'm yeah. no, no, because, go on. because because I used to think I used to think because just, just because you're talented and that means you can play any role, and that's not true. That's
0: not oh true. yeah, yeah, that's not true.
2: <laughs> the essence, essence.
0: Yeah. Right, right. Now, it's funny you say that because I sometimes, uh, you, you were talking about the hierarchy. And for the most part, from my experience, I had, like, great relationship with people, like, especially DPs, but there was one incident where a DP, like, changed the call time. What the f***? <laughs> and it's kind of like this battle of, mm-hmm. okay, wait a minute. It's collaborative, but you don't just don't call, change the call time <laughs> of a shoot. And so it's kind of like had to uh, being aware of what this hierarchy is, right? So to your point, how do you deal with that when there's some misunderstanding about who's directing the the film?
2: Yo, let me tell you, I literally had an argument on location, and I know this doesn't sound professional. I've never had an argument on location, ever. I came close, but, um, so sorry. So my assistant director, (laughs) my assistant director, um... So I had again. I do storyboards, and I had to get changed for um, another another uh, phase of the story. Because it was um, Sweet Thing was one day, so one day it basically took took um, it was a span of like really two days. Right. The entire movie was shot outdoors, and I had to change for another part of the film. And so you know, I had to, take, I had to remove makeup and whatever, and then I and then it was like by the time I got out of the um. We were, I was in a park district bathroom, I came out, and I noticed that they were filming a, a scene that I didn't write. I was like, what, what's going on? Right. And the, the assistant director chose to, it's a scene between a, a, the little girl and her mother, her pregnant mother, was supposed to encounter my character Sweet Fang, the drug dealer. And I guess the, the assistant director took upon himself to create another scenario prior to them c- connecting with me. Right. To kind of lead up to him connecting with me in the playground. I was furious with him. No doubt. Furious. And at that point, I could, you know how you're supposed to be professional and, and I'll just talk to you later. No, 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 no. Because I felt like he was like, he just over overrode my my high, my position as the director and producer. Right. You don't know, like you don't know, you you come to the bathroom door and say China, hey, why are you getting dressed? Do you mind if I kind of put them in the playground first and then they'll come over to you as a drug dealer. Do you mind if I, you, you, you bring it to me. You don't just do it, but we no, yeah. did it. I was, I was outraged. And we were literally going back to I'm like, you don't, just like, you were taking too long. I'm like, I don't care. You don't just create a whole nother scene. Right. So. Um, <laughs> and so the, the cinematographer was like, I had to calm, I had to calm me down. But Harold and Brad, Because my character was so prickly and guarded, I was able to use that emotional energy.
1: No doubt, yeah, Yeah, right.
2: I had to use it, and you know, thank God she wasn't in a place where she was all lovey dovey. I would have. I was just to tap into that part of me, but I was living. So it's like, if you're an assistant director, you have to always run it by the director. Is this okay? If I kind of tweak this little scene, create a set a scene that leads to the scene that you wrote. Right. Cause I probably been like, "That's fine," but just the idea of you doing it without asking me, <laughs> no, and then no. I
1: yeah.
2: and then not even say, "You know what?" I, I apologize later, but I was like, "Cause I feel like you're not valuing my leadership position, and you just do it without even asking if it's okay."
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. But
2: I do, I did like the scene. I ultimately liked what he did, but the point is, ask me. Don't just do it. You know. Cool. So, so what do you have uh, lined up in the future? China? what are you working on now? Um, I acted in a short film titled um, The Foundation. I, was, I booked that role, and I played a, I'll just say, a prickly mother. Okay. I guess I cast prickly people. Well, I wrote a prickly character myself, but she's a prickly mother. But again, she has a great backstory that led to her being prickly, Right. So that was fun too. That was, most of my scene took place in a car, which is really cool. Right. Um, so so we, did, we shot that in, in Harlem in December. So I don't know when it'll be released because of this situation we have. Right. And then um, we, I'm looking forward to having the screening of Big Chops, I guess, when we, when we are released. Right, right, right. Uh, so probably like September, or something like that. I submitted it to a film festival, so I'm waiting to hear from them. And um, I wrote a new, I'm writing a new screenplay titled Disruption of Joy. Nice. It's, it's my next feature film. It's a, it's a revenge film. Good stuff. I love revenge. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> so we're almost out of time, but real quick. So how, you know, we're, we're in the midst of this pandemic. So how have you been um, doing this personally, period? But especially um, keeping the creative flair alive in the midst of being 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 quarantined,
2: um, well, well, first of all, my heart goes out to people who have passed away as a result. No doubt, um, that's really awful and tragic. And my family is is doing well, which I'm happy about. i grateful for that. But it's it's been a little challenging because I like interacting with people. I like socializing with people. I like going to the museum and to the park and to to see theater and dance theater and and I can't and live music. I can't do it anymore. So. Not being able to hug anybody and right. just be around people, that's been challenging for me, you know. Um, but, you know, I do get fresh air when I go to the store, so that, that helps. Right. And creative, creatively, um, I have I wrote a, a short poem and, and uploaded it on Insta- Instagram. Nice. And I wrote a short story called Have You Seen Her? Which I've never done. I'm always, create, you know, putting it, creating it for film, but it was literally a short story about self-esteem titled Have You Seen Her? So, I've been writing and reading and streaming. Writing, reading, and streaming. That's what I, that's what I was that's doing. My, and, yeah. I did, and I did the virtual reading for your screenplay, so that was fun. Yeah, you are great. Yeah, it was fun. Both
0: of y'all did. I appreciate it big time. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah, sweet. thank you. Great
1: experience. Yeah. Is, is there something that uh, we didn't ask that you think of that you can mention? Art, anything?
2: Um, oh, well, yeah. Um, please, if you all want to... Uh, if you all are in the mood for a cinema, you can download my film Sweet Thing or Dark Seed on my website, which is uh, my name, ChinaLColston.com. Um, yeah, you can just, um, if you Google me, China L. Colston, it'll come up and you can just download it or stream it.
0: China L. Colston. Well, one more question before we get out of here. Uh, so mm-hmm. you are amazing actor, writer, director, China L. So, what advice would you give to like uh, a young person who was looking to get into the business? What What advice would you give them?
2: Um, train, take training, workshops, whether it be well now virtual workshops. Right. Um. Um. Get the book. Um. Sid Field Screenwriters Workbook. Oh yeah. Screenwriters Bible.
1: Right.
2: Um. Read scripts that are online.
1: No doubt.
2: Uh, if you're an actor, read plays. Uh, Take Harold's virtual acting class. Right. Just saying. You know, get to, get to training and really respect the craft. Do your reading and study film. Like, when you're watching films, don't just watch it for enjoyment, but really watch, look at the framing and the lighting and, 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 and you know, all of that, all the components of filmmaking. Like, really just study it while, while you're enjoying it. Like, no
0: doubt, no doubt. Cool. Well, hey, I think that we're about out of time. It's been a pleasure talking to you, China L. And you, H.D.? You too. So, uh, for Brad Stevens and... Harold Dennis. <laughs> <laughs> and for China L., we out of here. And as always, like we always say, dream big, dare to be great. Dream big and, and bigger. <laughs> and bigger, baby. We out of here later. Peace.
2: Uh, uh, I think of you. And it is a- You'll see sure.